Antonio Caruso. Welcome to MMA Life TV, mate. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, it's good, man. It's good, brother. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. How have you been handling COVID? Like uh, training in SA, like w w what are you doing to keep yourself busy? Um, uh, well, for a while, obviously, with the lockdowns, that wasn't, it was a bit hard. But now I'm sort of, um, sort of spreading myself out with my time with different gyms and just trying to just level up, um, find a good routine, a good, um, you know, like not only just to train, but also to learn, you know. So luckily, you know, we've got, we've got a couple of good coaches here in um, Adelaide and I've been working with them um, in kickboxing and also in MMA stuff and yeah, yep. just keep myself fit and, and positive. Yeah, gotcha. So are you doing a lot of workouts at the homes or, or have the gyms progressively opened and how have you been easy? Yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty lucky. I've built a gym in my house. I've got a pretty decent setup. Um, I was having a few guys from the gym that I train with, um, young lads training with them and all coming here working together. But now, yeah, the gym's opened up, um, back to sort of training. Um, but yeah, for me, it's hard because I, you know, I've had that such a high level at Sanford MMA and working over there with those guys and I'm trying to find that standard. Yeah, there's a lot of young talent here and, and working with guys and, and yeah, just trying to improve. From your perspective, is there any particular, um, you know, martial art that you're trying to focus on and just leveling up progressively overall? Yeah, to tell you the truth, probably, um, I mean, I have a lot, for a while I've had a long focus on, on wrestling. Um, yep. So I've been trying to work a lot, but since I've been back here, you know, like really focus on um, like my kickboxing, my Muay Thai and, and stuff. So I've been working with um, Jeremy from Rikers, um, Jim here in Adelaide. He's, he's one of the, you know, one of the premier gyms in Adelaide in Australia too. And he's a really high level coach with, with a lot of ideas, a lot of techniques that, you know, I really like him as a coach and as a person. Yeah, and he's been helping me with that. So he's focusing on, on, on my kickboxing. Really Tell us about the Caruso story. Let's wind it a bit back. How did you get into MMA? Like, how did that all evolve? <laughs> um, yeah, the MMA, I... So, as young lads, like, we always... Like, my dad always encouraged us to do sports, like football, soccer, um, martial arts. We've done, just done everything. My dad tried to get, like, music. We, it was me and two brothers. We grew up, um, you know, with our dad. It was me and my two brothers. And, yes, my dad always had us in sports and in music. It just learning wanted to get better and... And yeah, we, we um, did martial arts as kids, you know, with Taekwondo, a bit of Shadokin and Karate. And then um, I sort of went down the football path when I was about probably 16 and really chased that for a while and wasn't going to sort of get anywhere with it. And um, yeah, so I ended up, uh, like one, one pre-season, my brother Sav, uh, he's the one older than me, he um, was doing jiu-jitsu at the time. And um, he said to me, oh, you should, you should come out and try some wrestling. It might be good for your football. So I went out there, started doing some jiu-jitsu and... And yeah, um, I, I liked it. It was fun and it was, it was really cool. But um, uh, I sort of skipped ahead there. The funny part of the story is he always encouraged me to come out and I always said no because I said that what he could do, what he had was, was nothing. Because back then, Jiu-Jitsu wasn't, you know, MMA wasn't a big thing. So I was yeah. like, oh, he said, he's like, no, you love it, man. Jiu-Jitsu is really cool. Like you can, you can submit someone so easy if you know what you're doing. I was like, well, you think you can beat me? And he's like, yeah, no, no. Because, you know, I'm an arrogant little brother. Yeah. And I was like, you can't beat me. He's like, I guarantee you, I'll beat you in a minute. Five, and I said, 500 bucks if you couldn't beat me in a minute. <laughs> and funny story, he went down there for that first lesson. And uh, yeah, we rolled and he, he got me in like 40 seconds. What, what, was, what was the submission? Do you remember? What you, I can't remember the first one. It might have been a rear naked. Because I yeah. went in, I tried at wrestling thinking I'd know what I'm doing. You know, yeah. the play. I was like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. So I went in there, he tapped me in like 40 seconds. I was like, all right, all right. I said, double or nothing. So I said, $1,000 says, you can't do it again. 
And this one I remember. So we ran, I kept like kept away, kept trying to run away, trying to keep away. Yeah. Finally took me down, and then he um, yeah he caught me in a head arm choke, and uh, he lit I literally tapped on fifty nine seconds. So he <laughs> <laughs> still owe a thousand dollars, but he's never getting it. All right, I don't pay my debts. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that, that's the way I got into it. Like so. I was like, oh, cool, you know, that was fun. And I, so I met a few of the other guys, had a wrestling with them at the coach, um, Peter O'Shea, who was our first, you know, district coach. And yeah, and, and just loved it. And, and literally, football rang me one preseason and they said, where are you? And I said, oh, I'm coming back. I said, love it. Love yep. it. You know, my new thing. So that's how I got into MMA. Yeah. Yeah, nice one. So it seems that family really is at the heart of your support group. Yeah. Uh, tell us about that and tell us specifically about the, the relationship that you seem to have with your brothers. Oh, you know what I mean? Like, we come from a, I guess, you know, like a European background, Italian. My mum's Greek, my dad's Italian, um, you know, and, and very family orientated, you know, like, you know, it's, I guess in life, it, you know, especially as a fighter, you, you learn to do a lot of stuff on your own, but really in this life, you really can't do anything on your own. You always need mm. someone, you know, people supporting you along the way, so sponsors, family, friends, you know, people don't realise the role sometimes that they play. Uh, in people's lives without even knowing it, you know. I mean, people, you know, it's not always money. It's just even someone to talk to and hang out with. And, yeah, and my dad, you know, very much grew us up with that mentality. That, you know, I guess in a way, you know, like you, you back each other no matter what. And 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 me and my brothers have always done that. You know, we've always supported one another, and even to the point where my brothers fought before I did. They were MMA fighters, or boxers, or yeah. you know, jiu-jitsu fighters. And you know, I was always a little brother. I I never really wanted to do MMA. I didn't. I didn't want to fight it. And they were sort of the tough guys and they were the ones doing it. And, and um, yeah, then when it was my time to sort of step up to the plate, they were nothing but encouraging. Like, you know, a lot of a lot of family, even within my story, and a lot of, a lot of my, you know, some of my older cousins and whatnot sort of, in a way, turned their back on what I was doing. You know, sort of, you know, never showed me any love. And, you know, in a way, you know, that can happen. It's, it can be jealousy. It can be a lot of stuff. But my brothers were nothing but encouraging they literally took a step away from their training whatever they were doing in their lives and they still do this day and they help me no matter what i need to do and you know like my older brother Jagger, he's he's, he's my manager and mm. he helps with everything in terms of that my other brother savvy you know he holds pads for me trains with me and he's just always there for you know encouraging me and pushing me and he was the guy that made me really believe in myself so you know it's something that i'll never forget you know what i mean and, and not at all you know a lot of people around me i say and it sounds cliche but I wouldn't be where I am without those people. And that's why, you know, people might think I'm putting it on to this seller, you know, marketing, but it's not like I do what I do for them. Like, yep. you know, I, I love, I would love to have one day, like, you know, I just want plenty of money just so my dad and my brother never have to work again. And if that's all I, you know, ended up with, that's all I, that's all I need, you know what I mean? So, yeah, you know, just, for, I guess it's from the beginning, you know, my dad taught us that way and, and that's just the way we are to this day. Yep, yep. Yeah, that sort of honor code that you talk about really kind of aligns with uh, with one, and we'll we'll talk about that later. But yeah, that everything you said just yeah. re- resonates at a really good level. Yeah, um, I think you know what I mean. I think with, I've always said you know, without respect and loyalty, you know, I think that they're very they're free, they're free to do, free to give, but not many people you know have that aspect in their life. And we're seeing it more and more in this day. A lot of people live for themselves, and I feel I'm fine. You know what I mean? Like I said, you always need people around you to you know if you come in as a team and respect and loyalty is free and it's but it's hard to find right? yep yep the big thing is the character in terms of your journey into the local circuit was there any point in time when the penny dropped and, and you knew inherently that you, you were ready for a world stage or, or, or prime time how, how did that come about yeah, um 
you know what, man, once again, like, that's what I'm, you know, back to the point about everyone encouraging me, like, I, I never, it never dropped for me. It was like, everyone was like, oh, Tony, you can do it, you can make it. And I, you know, I reckon up until I signed that contract, I was like, nah, nah, you know what I mean? Like, nah, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'm good at what I do, I like what I do, and I have fun, but I was like, nah, I mean, oh, you know, I look at sometimes like those you know, guys up there, but like, even guys like Martin, you know, guys like Robbie Lawler, you know, they're just guys that, you know, I worked with, you know, train with before. And, you know, you look at those guys, you know, I know they could never be me. Because I guess it's the environment, you know, a lot of the times it's the environment you're in. If you hang around people, you know, people say you are, you know, your environment. And I come from a town, of, you know, Adelaide, I'm in Salisbury. You know, to make it as a fighter, it's, it's you know, it's unheard of. You can't do it. No one's ever done it. No one, you know, and still no one else has done it. Mm. And to me, it was like, nah, nah, you know, like, that's for like the Americans. That's for the... You know, the Russians, that's for the, you know, those guys, you know, they're the ones that go off and do the, those big fights. And, and then, then it, I guess as I stepped up, I, I, people kept telling me from day one, like my brother and, you know, some of my good friends like Tom and, and that other family. And, and they were, you know, always telling me from, you know, from five, six years ago. And I was never really, really thought I could do it until I guess, probably my last fight before I got signed, I was like, you know what, maybe I can, you know, maybe I'm good enough to take on the world's best. And yeah, when I got the opportunity to go to, um, American train with Sanford and train under Henry and work with some of those high level guys. It was like, oh, okay, you know what? You know, maybe I do got what it takes. You know I mean, like, what is it? What is anyone else compared to me that's just another guy with two legs and two arms? So, yeah, yeah it was that. Yeah, it's a long journey for me to, to get there. And, but yeah, even I just love every step of it. And, you know, I'll see how far I can get with it. But yeah, just every day, just uh, loving the ride, man. Loving it. Absolutely. You, you've got to really love the grind if you want to stay in the fight game, right? Yeah, and, then, and that's and that's why I think for me, in a way, COVID hasn't been too. Well, not you know, of course, I, I hate what's going on, but for me, like I said once again, I'm from Adelaide. Not many. It's hard to even find training partners. So my mm. whole life, I was always by myself. And that's why I built a gym in my house. Yeah, because no one ever wants to train as much as I do. So I'm, you know, I'm used to being on my own, training on my own, running on my own, and, and that's where you learn to grind. Like that's yep. what I tell any young lad. Like you got to realize sometimes, you know, your coach, you know, a lot of coaches today, especially. That's not their full-time job, like coaching. Yeah. They've got a job as well as coaching. So I said, sometimes your coach doesn't can't you know be bothered coming in the front. That doesn't mean you're not going to train. You've got to run. You've got to do this. You've got to, you've got to constantly be pushing to get better and better every day. And if you're not, you know what I mean. Then you're not going to make it as a fighter. That's because that's the unfortunate truth. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting when you talk to a lot of people uh, about the whole COVID situation, and not even talking about fighting. There are two camps. One is yeah. really disappointed about it, but the, there's other, there's this faction of people that really find themselves in this isolation, if that kind of makes sense. They, you know, you cut up the kind of noise. And I think especially in your yeah. industry, it's not necessarily the worst thing. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's one thing that I definitely focused on in this. And I, you know what I mean? It sort of highlighted some things that I was neglecting, you know, if I wasn't looking after my body as much as I could have been. I finally started looking after my body, you know. I started getting my diet really in check, you know what I mean? Like, I said to myself at the start of the year, I said, I'm going to walk around at 84 at the highest, you know what I mean? And then, you know, ready to fight at 77. And, you know, uh, I wasn't. I was, at, I was at 88 until probably about April, you know, you know, just after. And then I was, you know, my brother sort of said to me, he's like, I mean, you're the one who said you're going to do this. So, yep. you know, I did. I really started internally, started focusing internally on myself and going, all right, these are things I can improve in while we wait for this time, because there's no point talking about it, no point crying about it. So I could improve in those areas that I have. My body's never felt so good. Um, my weight's never been so good. And, you know I mean? I feel strong, I feel fit. Mm. It's just, yeah, just now I'm waiting for the time to get my chance again. Absolutely. So, mate, you, you get into one, 
You signed the contract. Your first fight with uh, Peter Baust. No scrub on, on a winning streak. So, so, so they, they put you in there. Uh, we obviously know, you know the, the outcome. But when you run that fight in your mind, if you do, uh, what, what, what were some things that surprised you about your opponent? Or was it a level change? Or t talk us about that. Um, yeah, I, I watch the fight back every now and again, you know, because once again, like I said, I've, I've been internally, you know, you know, assessing myself and yeah, you got to go back and watch. You can't always watch what you did right. You don't sit there and watch all your highlights. Yeah. You, know, you got to watch what you do wrong, I think, as well. You know, you got to, you know, stay positive and, and be happy with stuff you've done, but also think how you can get better. And I watched, actually watched the fight back. I think it was on Tuesday I was, I was watching. It. Yeah. And um, yeah, what was disappointing is I, I feel like I I feel like watching that fight, I controlled like eighty percent of that fight, but mm. I didn't do anything with it. That's what I felt like. I was able to get him in the areas that I needed to. I was having him up against the cage, you know what I mean? I was pressuring him, but I wasn't capitalizing. And Peter, when it was Peter's time to go and you even see him with the the it would flank fight. Same thing. Peter is a guy, he waits and he wait and when he gets you, he gets you. And he hurts you and he punishes you and, and he, he's good at that. And I definitely gotta say two things that really like surprising appeal is super calm, super yeah. relaxed, the whole time he's in there, you know, he's experienced. He's mm. a seasoned you know, fighter. And two, his timing, really, really good timing. And, and you know, the way he can he reads punches and he, and he comes back in off them, even with his kicks, you see once you're able to lane the way he's able to, you know, slip that um, you know, low calf kick, finish off on the high kick. Peter's got really good timing. So he's a very good technical fighter and and you know, all respect to the guy in, in the world. But yeah, you know what I mean? Like I feel definitely if we, you know, and I hope I do get the chance to run it back. And I feel like there's areas that I can, I can, I can definitely beat him in and, and, and get the job done this time. But, you know, until then, you know, all the, all the best of luck to the guy. He's a, he's a good fighter and he's also a great guy. So, you know, uh, like I said, after watching it back, yeah, there's some things that I, I definitely feel like I could have done better in and, and won that fight. But, you know, you live and you learn. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as a fighter, this is an interesting one. Um, one championship the rule set is totality of damage as opposed to the round system because you're right because arguably if you if you I, I was watching the fight if you you were basing on a round system you could say you took the first one you had the takedown you had ground control for, for for most of it the second one is close but you, you could arguably take there and i think that that speaks to to what you're saying where peter was very very calm because like does that play in your mind or is that a new thing because when you were when you were in the the amateur circuit in australia it wasn't that it wasn't that system right it was a round system as well was it yeah so uh oh yeah like i never had an, i never had an amateur career i went straight pro yeah um but yeah, yeah like you're saying it was round by round the the 10 system yeah and going into this fight now it doesn't because i think as a fighter you go in and that's why i, I really enjoy the, the rules that one of you know brought in in terms of the the scoring and also in terms of weight cuts. But the scoring, you know, I mean, I thought it was, was great because like we could sit and we could argue that, oh, you know, maybe you did win that fight, this and that. But, you know, realistically, Peter won the fight. If, if that was going to go to, you know, to the death, mm, I, thought, I mean, oh, who knows? I, I would have kept kicking and biting. But, yeah. you know, I mean, the Peter, the Peter to me won that fight. You know, I mean, he was the better fighter between those two rounds. Um, and, you know, I think that's a, a good way to, to, to judge. You know, but in, this, in saying that, you know, I mean, there's, I guess it's, it's so hard to judge anyway. They haven't really come up with a perfect system yet. But yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree with the way that they, um, they judge. I, I, I personally, like I said, I feel like there were times I was controlling more. But if I was a judge, I would have gave the defeated too. I, I, I yep. And I like that how they do the, the, the entire fight rather than that. Gotcha. 
Tell us about your affiliation with Stanford MMA. How did that come about? So, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've been pretty lucky, sort of, in, well, you know, lucky. And also, you know, like being from Adelaide, I'm very limited into what I can get in terms of, not like, martial arts. We've got some good, very good grapplers coming out of Adelaide. We've got some, some, some awesome ones. And then guys like Craig Jones, mm. Isaac, Declan. Yeah, we've got some really, really good guys coming out of Adelaide in terms of history. Um, but in terms of everything else, we lack it, especially in MMA. Like, we, you know, we've got some, like, my coach, Nick, he's a really good coach. But, you know, a couple of the boys at the gym, they're, they're good, but they're young, you know. And, yeah. and I was lucky enough. So when I was growing up, I, I really pushed myself out there to, to go and find uh, gyms. Like I went to cricket, top team a lot. I trained over there. And that was my sort of first international experience. And I loved it. I loved meeting new guys, seeing different perspectives as fighters, you know, what life they live compared to a life like mine. And, you know, you're able to talk and how they train, what methods they use. And, you know, always I'm listening and learning. When I'm asking questions, I'm not just having a conversation. I'm, I'm blocking everything that you're saying, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you, you can call it stealing data, and, uh, yeah, you know what I mean? I guess I do, you know what I mean? Because, like I said, I come from Adelaide, and no one's ever done what I'm doing, like, uh, you know, without pumping my tires. But I don't have an MMA fighter before me who goes, oh, when I fought overseas, this is how I did it. So I never had anyone to do that. I'm learning as I go. Mm. And that's why when I meet these guys overseas, I was able to, to learn this. So, yeah, I've travelled a lot and I was lucky enough to um, actually go to Liverpool. I was training out of a Aspire um, MMA in, in Liverpool with Dean Gunn and Adam Robinson. Yep. And um, I was lucky enough to meet Danny Roberts, uh, Danny Hot Chocolate. Yep. And um, yeah, we, we became friends. Um, we sparred, well, actually, we sparred together. We beat each other up. And then, you know, we became sort of friends from that. We, we got respect from one another. And, and yeah, when I got signed, um, Danny sort of found out about it. Uh, it was, luckily, I went over, I was in Singapore is um, Alan Philpott. He was fighting on the Warriors series. Yep. He lived with Danny's best friend. When I got back to um, oh, Sydney, nice. yeah, when I was back to Sydney, um, uh, Roy, who's Danny's best mate, rang up. Uh, Danny told Danny I signed one FC and Danny got me, like, rang me up a few days later. Hmm. And yeah, then a few days later, I was on a plane to America because as soon as he rang me, he said, oh, do you want to come over and train at Hard Knocks? So I was like, man, are you serious? Like, I'll be there in a few days. And, he, and so I literally booked a flight like three days later. I was in Florida training over there, and yeah, and then that's how I sort of got involved. I trained him to watch me, and he said, "Yeah, man, you got your call. You can stay with us." And yeah, and that's, that's how it sort of started. Yeah, it's interesting how connected the community is because Phil Pot's now in Bondi, right, with Igor yeah. and, and Josh and the guys. Yep, 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 yep. yeah, yeah. So yeah. look, Stanford's stacked. <laughs> like you yeah. got Kamaru there. I mean, I oh. mean, it's really stacked. I mean, you've got Martin, obviously, on as well. Like their names there, like. I've seen some of the photos that you had on Instagram. Like, to tell us what it's like just even training in, in the presence of guys like this. Like, and, and oh, what know, are some of the moment, know, wow like, moments you had? Yeah, it definitely goes back to what I said before. It's like when I first walked in, like, thank you, right. Like, I'm not, I guess a lot of guys in there, you're not like, you know, you, you, you of course, you like Martin and all that. I like, you know, I'm a big fan of them. I like them, you know, but you know, I'm like, oh, but when I definitely the way I moments when I seen Robbie Lawler, I gotta admit it. Mm. I didn't try to fanboy him, I tried to stay cool because I was like, man, this guy's like, <laughs> he's like a legit OG. Like, he is yeah. like the killer. And yeah. this guy, you know, to me, and as you would know, like, you know, there's, there's not many people in the world, especially if you know about combat sport, that don't know the name Robbie Lawler or haven't seen one of his fights and gone, that guy's crazy. So he was a really wow moment. But to walk in there, and that was, like I said, in the beginning. And to see these guys and go, you know what I mean? They're just like me. Martin's mm. just like a guy like me, man. We're just, you know, we're fighters. And, you know, that's when I started thinking. I thought, man, I, I can do this. Like, you know, I, mean, I, I could be a world-class fighter, you know, because 
and then that's what it was. But it's definitely like going in there and and you know standing along the lights and tomorrow isn't it and Luke Rockhold and Robbie Lauder and you know Lincoln the Cell and a lot of these guys. You know you're like wow man like these are guys like, I've watched these guys. I know who you are. I mean I've seen your fights like you know like, even that's funny like when you spar a lot of the guys you know. I think to myself, it's funny, like, especially sparring with Danny, I'm like, because I've seen all of Danny's fights. Mm. I know Danny as a fighter, yeah. you know, because you watch these guys and, yeah, it, it is, it's a real man. It's, it's sort of like a fantasy camp, but, you yeah. know, once you punch in the face, it sort of wakes you up and go, you're not in a fantasy camp. You know what I mean? You're, you're in a team and there's only one way to earn respect among people like those guys is you got to, you got to, like, you can't be given, you got to earn it. And that's what I love about the gym is, is we're all friends, we all work together, but at the same time, you know, there's no space for, oh, you know, being nice to somebody or, you know, you know, we're not, you know, we're a gym. We're, it's like a jungle in there. And yep. the best the best will survive. And that's what Henry created, uh, like a family brotherhood. But we also push each other so hard. You know, that, that's why the results are. That's what that gym is getting. Yeah, absolutely. There's, yeah, there's so many killers coming out of that gym. Like, yeah. in your journey so far, and it's more or less just begun, obviously, at, at a world stage, what do you think is the most challenging aspect of the of the fight game in totality? Like including, you know, the not notwithstanding the, the physical preparations and that, but like the business side, like what what do you what do you see as the most challenging element of it? I, th- I think with 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 fighting in terms of like uh, for especially for the MMA boy or you know especially MMA boxers and that I guess have it too, but yeah. it's not like any other sport in the world. You know, we're we're the only guys in the world who we we don't we don't come like. You know, I'm, I'm friends with a couple of guys who play AFL football and stuff. And, and you know, that they rock up, the, they get drafted at 18, they rock up the training, they get told what to eat, they get they get massaged, they get physio, mm. they get all the doctors are there, they get every, everything set up for them. Everything's done for them. They get paid, the media's there for them. They, they don't have to do a thing, they just got to rock up the, and kick the football. With us guys, and that's what I tell any young fighter learning the journey, like I said, I'm learning this as I go, any young guy, with this, and you've got to remember, that you have to pick all the boxes. Whether you like social media or you don't, you gotta have, you gotta be on social. You gotta, and, and you gotta market yourself in the right way. You know, because brands, how are they gonna know who you are? So you gotta do, you gotta find your own physio, you gotta take care of your own body, you gotta, you know, and, and it, it's hard for us guys in the sense because we literally, like, I, I still to this point, up until probably, like I was telling you before, I got my, my, mm. my weight where I want it now, I had to learn that diet myself, you know what yeah. I mean? I had to go and research this. I had to, you know, I didn't have a doctor, a nutritionist that the car is. You could sit down with them and they can tell you, oh, this is what you should eat. You have to go and actively search all this yourself. And that's why I believe, you know, fighters are the, are the best athletes in the world. No, no one beats us because we are not only do the, the best sport in the world, that's the most exciting sport in the world that everyone loves to watch. They don't care what you say. There's nothing more exciting. Mm. Um, and number two is, you know, like I said, we don't know when our next paycheck's coming in. And at the same time, no one's there to look out for it. No one's there to, oh, maybe you should have the day off. Or maybe, you know, you come in here, I'll, I'll give you a massage. We've got to do it all ourselves. And yep. and that's probably the hardest part. That I think a lot of fighters, you know, I see a lot of young lads are all on social media and pumping their tires up and getting ready for the big show. And that's the first part is making that brand, getting signed. But once you get signed, that's when the hard work begins. Mm, maintaining it. You know, like you said before, there definitely is levels to this game. There's there's the local scene, and then once you hit that international scene, if you haven't got all those things lined up already, by the time you hit there, if you haven't got your physios, your chiros, your diet right, you know, your, your sleep pattern right, your work pattern right, 
if you get to that 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 if you if you think you're still going to be a conqueror and fight on the world level, mm. like good luck, man, because there's there's killers out there who spend twenty four seven in their gym honing in on their arts, and if you come in there, you know, not uh, not a hundred percent, you're you're going to get exposed fast. What's your opinion on the fight talent that we have in Australia? And, and where do you see this evolving in the next couple of years? Are there uh, any names we I, should look out to? Uh, I think there's a lot of good guys in Adelaide. I think there's a lot of, lot of talented um, guys in Adelaide who aren't, who aren't getting picked up. I mean, I don't, I'm not a huge, like, I don't remember the names half the time anyway, but yep. there's one guy that I, I certainly definitely like him. And I don't know how he is and he picked up as a guy, Josh Togo from yep. ATC. He's yep. one of, I think he's one of the best guys in Australia. I think he's a gun. And, uh, you know, I mean, guys like him, like, Technically, according to the to the you know to the, everyone, he's not signed, so mm. he he's got a high level fighter. But I think he he's a, he's a great fighter. I, I don't know, he hasn't been signed yet. A promotion hasn't picked him up. Um, guys like him, uh, there's a lot of like a couple of guys in LA who were coming up. There's a, one really good guy from LA, um, Brando uh, per, Perichic, I think that's how you say his name. Big big the bulk of basement, the fight. Um, actually, Panda, you know the kickboxer mm. from Thailand. Big yep. um, Steve Banks, Steve yep. Banks, yeah, they all meant the fight, so that unfortunately that fight fell through. But yeah, keep an eye out for Brando. He's a guy I can see him getting signed. He's a heavyweight. He moves well. He's fast. He's uh, agile, and he, he's a true heavyweight. Like I have to work with him sometimes, and put it this way, I hate it because um, <laughs> you feel the weight. <laughs> yeah. he, he's a good guy. There's actually a couple of young lads that I worked with recently up in um, Queensland hmm. at CMPT. Um, a guy named um. Uh, Ty, is it Ty? Well, they called him um, Tank, and uh, and then there was another guy, um, Darcy. Two young guys, very very talented guys. I was actually quite impressed with them. So there, yeah, there are a couple of names that I I, I really thought that yeah got the talent, and the skills, and yeah, I guess they just got to wait their turn because it's hard for Australians. I mean, prior to this, to get signed because we're so far away internationally. You know, to yep. get us be hard. So that's probably why promotions don't touch us as much. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of talent here that are, that are ready to go, you know what I mean? So I'd yep. be interested in those sort of names. Can't wait to see them hit the wall stage. Of course. When do you think you're fighting next, mate? One's got a, a couple more fights at the end of the yeah. year. Uh, obviously, well, the COVID think, stuff is going yeah, to go well, It's a tough one because a lot of people ask me this question and I just say, look, man, I just don't know. Like, mm. you know, it's a, it's, a, and it's a combination of issues because A, Will I be allowed out of the country? B with a country yeah. that's fine. let me in and see. Like I'm not gonna. I'm I'm no fool. You know what I mean? Like when it comes to putting on a show, hey, there's a, there's a lot of guys, a lot of champions who haven't fought in a while need to get paid. So yeah. they're gonna be at the top of the the pecking you know pecking order. But you know, then saying that I'm ready to go whenever. I'm you know what I mean I, that was my big thing is keep yourself fit. I'm not one of those guys who just chats about it on social media like. I'm ready to go. Like, admittedly, I don't have the best camp life that I can have. I'm not in America, but I'm ready to go. The weight's down. I'm fit. I'm strong. You know what I mean? Like, anyone they call me up for, like, let's do it. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. And apparently, there's going to be a show in Singapore in October. Mm. And, you know, I'd, I'd like to get on that. But I guess you just got to wait and see, man. It's, it's a tough time for everybody. So, mm. you know, hopefully sooner than later. Yeah. Out of, out of interest, what... What power, if any, does the do fighters have to influence decisions on being on cards? Obviously, with the COVID stuff, like you said, it's it's created this like stack load of, of fighters that, that need to get fights out. So it's it's a bit it's a bit of an odd time. But can can a fighter and their managers have have a level of influence there? 
especially. Oh, man, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, of course, like it's it's business. You know what I mean? If, yeah. if you got a, you know, you got a strong manager or you're a big name, yeah, of, of course. course you got you got pull. You know what I mean? Like it's business. You know, people can say yes or no, but I mean, it's, just think of any business. You know, what I mean, you're gonna put on the guy who's gonna make you the most money. The money makers are gonna be the guys that get the call up, and that's just, that's fair. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm no fool to not knowing that lot. You know, like it, it annoys me that I'm gonna maybe be have to be put on the maybe not even fight this year, but I'm no fool to not knowing that hey, there's big names like you know, like Onion and Martin and those sort of guys, Eddie Alvarez, these sort of names that hey, they're gonna get the call before you know us guys, of course, because they're gonna want to put on a big show. But in saying that, it's also an exciting time because us, us guys who probably aren't recognized or aren't high up on the ranking, mm. we might get a higher rank guy because all of a sudden you might not be able to get certain guys out of certain Correct. countries or they're not ready. Yeah. So this could set up, you know, you could jump up the list quite quick, you know what I mean? So I'm ready to fight any guy in the top five, you know what I mean? If you call me, I'm ready to go. So that's what I'm looking at. Like I said, I'm just trying to stay positive and, you know, and stay ready. Awesome, man. That's that's an amazing mentality. Antonio, it's been a pleasure to chat to you and, and we look forward to seeing you back in the ring and uh, representing the Australian flag. Thank you. I appreciate uh, your time and uh, all the best, man. Cheers, buddy.